all over the building. Let's give God a hand clap of praise. Listen. Listen to me. I want to stay right there for a second. I want to stay right there for a second. And what I want to do, what I, what I want to challenge the church to do is to think about what you were just singing. You're a good, good father, and you, in, and you are perfect in all of your ways. Thank you, baby. I want you to think about some of the worst times of your life. You know those times when people turn their back on you and those times when people wouldn't answer your phone call and the people that you thought were extremely close to you, it broke your heart when you heard what they had said about you because of the decisions you had made and the, the mess you had found yourself in. But our Father, when we finally came to the sense to go to our Father, the only one that truly matters, wasn't it amazing how even in the midst of your madness and in the midst of your mess, all he done was wrapped his loving arms around you and begin to caress you back to restoration. Isn't it amazing how God, when everybody else will give up on you, God will hold on to you and remind you that you were designed for greatness. He, he, he will remind you that you were, you were built to do things that no one else in your family has ever done. In the midst of your crazy, while everybody else is taking shots at you, God will, and, and get this, he don't, he don't let you get away with it. He, 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 he reprimands you, he deals with you, he checks you, but it's all in so much love. And then, he, and then he puts you back out there and says, now go be who I created you. Go be who I created you to be. Go be who I created you to be. See, the, the most awesome thing about God that I love, I'm going to tell you what it is, is that he does not get caught up with watching me where I am. Lord, have mercy. He does not get caught up with watching me where I am. What I love about God is what he is watching is what he has already finished. Oh, God. So, so, so while you got humans and people who claim to love you that's watching you in the midst of your struggle, in the midst of giving up, in the midst of losing your mind, and they're saying things like, I told you she wasn't going to ever be. And I told you he didn't have the ability to be. But God is so busy watching you way down here at the finish line. You know what I'm talking about. Are you glad today that God is watching you at the finish line? He's watching you for what he created you to be. He's waiting you for to walk into. He is waiting for you to walk into what it is that he has created you to be. Not what you've been through, not what you're going through, not what people said about you. He is waiting for you to walk into what it is that he has created you to be. Hallelujah. I don't know about anybody else, but when I was in the midst of my madness, one of the most powerful things that happened between me and God was he didn't want to talk about my mess long. He didn't want to talk about my mess ups long. We didn't spend a lot of time on that, but he was reminding me of what it was that he created me to be. He was reminding me, he was letting me know what it was that he was calling me to be. He was telling me what it was that I was called to do. And I'm sitting here talking about, hey God, I know you're perfect, I know you know it all, but do you know who you're talking to right now? Because I've been a little jacked up, I've been a little messed up. 
But what I love about God is, boy, I saw it all. I saw it all. I saw it all. But, but that does not negate the fact of what I've called you to do. Oh, Lord. Is it anybody that's just glad today that in the midst of it, in the middle of it, in all of it, he dealt with you on it, but then he reminded you of what it was you were supposed to be. It, it might have been through people. He sent to you and said, you know you're better than this. You know God still got something for you. This is not your destiny. This is not how it's supposed to turn out. It's so much more that God has for you. Do, is there anybody that just remembers that? You remember that moment when he sent somebody to you and, and you ask questions like, why, you, you, you must be out your mind. You, you know what I've been through. You know what I'm into. You know what I'm going through. You know how I look at things. You know. And God continued to send you sign after sign to let you know that he had not given up on you. And since he had not given up on you, there was no way, there was no way that you could give up on yourself. I don't know who I'm talking to in here today, but there is no way, there is no way that you can give up on yourself simply because the creator, the creator who created you has not given up on you despite you. He's not given up on you. So you have no right, no right to give up on yourself. And so the next time your hater tries to remind you of why you shouldn't be where you are, the next time doctors try to tell you that you shouldn't be healed even though you are, I want you to remind him my daddy is perfect in all of his ways. And he told me, he told me that I'm, that I'm healed. He told me that I am the righteousness of God. He told me that I am the head and not the tail. He told me that I'm going to live and not die. He told me. I want you to begin to look your demons in the eye and let them know what my daddy told me. And since my daddy is perfect in all his ways, he don't lie. He don't miss it. He don't drop the ball. He don't mess up. He don't get it twisted. You understand what I'm saying to you? So I just want somebody in here today that's going through some hell to decree and declare to the hell that you're going through. My daddy is perfect in all his ways. This will not take me. This will not break me. This will not overcome me. Oh, God. Hallelujah. He's perfect in all of his ways. You're in a good place because you're supposed to be. Why? Because he's perfect in all of his ways. You're in a learning place. Why? Because you're supposed to be. Why? Because he's perfect in all of his ways. Can I just go ahead and be real with you? You're in some of the fights of your life right now. Why? Because he's perfect in all of his ways and you're supposed to be. But I want you to understand, he said something that was powerful, that, that blew my mind when I was in the prison. And, and I read these words. He said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Hallelujah. Have you ever just basked in that peace? That peace that you cannot explain? That peace that was just mind-blowing? That peace that was like, I don't know how I know that I know that I know, but, but man, I know, and my God. He promised us in his word that he would give us a peace that surpassed all understanding. So some of you were trying to figure out how it was that you was able to stay in your right mind going through some of the craziest times in your life because he's a good, good father. He's a good, good father. He's a father that shall not lie, nor, Lord, have mercy. All over the building. Can you make some real noise for the Lord of Lords and the King of...
just a little bit more noise just for the one that saved your for the one that saved your soul just just a little bit yeah, da, 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 da. hallelujah <laughs> hallelujah Yeah, yeah, we bless the Lord. We bless the Lord. Amen. Perfect in, perfect in all of his ways. Do you know that when you begin to receive that with everything in you, you can operate in a way that God has called you to operate because he's perfect in all of his ways. When he tells you to do what it is that he tells you to do, you don't have to second guess it because you understand that he is perfect in all of his ways. Amen. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for our praise team. Amen. They did the daggone thing today. Amen. They did the daggone thing today. Now I'm going to blow your mind. I'm going to blow your mind. I woke these gentlemen up at 940. Shanique said, we need them there by 10. If you're going to do this, Pastor, we need them there by 10. I said, they ain't going to make it, but we're going to get them there. I woke these gentlemen up at 940. In the morning, there's been no practice, there's been no meeting, there's been no nothing. All you experienced in here today was the sweet presence of the Holy Ghost. Amen. And I bless God, I bless God for our praise team. Uh, we've, we've been through some things over the last couple of months, and, and I want to say to all of our singers, Thank you. Thank you. You endured a lot. You endured and went through a lot. But you didn't give up on me. You didn't give up on us. And, uh, and I bless God for each and every one of you. I want you to know I thank you from the bottom of my heart. Amen. Amen. Ain't going to be before you long. You had to be here to understand it. I ain't gonna be here before you long. <laughs> I done lied twice already, amen. Yeah, I'm just playing, kinda. Uh, <laughs> I love what uh, Evangelist Stacy McDonald said. She said, it's our anniversary, hey, hey, hey. Put your hands together, amen, seven years. Seven years. There were some times we didn't know if we was going to make it seven more days, amen? I ain't talking about finances. I'm just talking about in my mental place. <laughs> just, but we persevered. And sometimes you say, really? I say, yeah, that's why I stay on your phone. That's why I don't speak to you for two months. Then I come back and say, but I love you, though. Amen? Children's church, we got
first the first week there, I think we had 161 high schoolers, and then uh, middle school the next week we had 181, something like that, 183 middle schoolers. And I just want y'all to know, y'all wasn't praying hard enough. This sermon series was birthed because of everything that I got to see uh, out of our middle school students. Our high school students was corny and crazy and lovable. And we thought that, you know, with what we went on, with what went on in high school camp, that middle school would be somewhat of a breeze. Well, for the two years off, we evidently had lost our memory that the middle school is not just in camp, but in life, that is a real age, intense age to have to deal with young people because they're in this place where I'm really not an adult, but I've lived enough, I've seen a lot, and I'm coming into my own. Youth camp 2022 was the first year that we saw, or the first summer that we saw, or we had to battle with homosexuality. Not saying that it's never been on the campgrounds, just saying that it was not noticeable. 2022, we had to deal with our young ladies liking young ladies. Not that it has never been on the camp, but just not so as a matter of fact. We had to deal with the attitudes when we confronted these spirits. And the main reason we had to deal with attitudes while confronting these spirits is because, because they're so young and unchurched, they didn't understand that the desire that they was having Simmer down, Satan. You better watch that spear. The attitude that they was having was because it was a spirit and not, in fact, their God-given desire. Amen? 2022, I found out in camp that we had so many young people who thought so less of themselves that suicide was a constant thought. And these are our babies that's in the church. So, 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 after watching so many different demonstrations with our young people, the state of emergency just fell into my spirit. And a couple of other pastors, we had, a, we had an awesome youth team of, 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 of pastors, an awesome bunch of guys and women uh, men and women, and I remember uh, Pastor Chester Heathley began to weep because he went from our boys' dorm, from room to room, and he was asking, how many of you know Jesus? How many of are you saved? And he said, you don't have to, you don't have to be embarrassed, and you don't have to lie, and you don't have to make anything, but are you saved? And, and at least, I believe that last count, 50 kids did not know Jesus. Did not know 
Jesus. We are in a state of emergency. All of you, as all of you know today, it marks seven years that we've been the Unity Worship Center. Seven years that we actually made the merge. In fact, we had our first service in this building as an organized church, July 15th, 2015. July 15th, just two days away from, from you know, being spot on to the day we first came here. Some, some uh, I remember this because it was over 250 people in attendance in our first service. 200 and some of you remember that you came over with us from growth. It was 200 and over 250 people in attendance. Some of those people were really with us. Some of those people were not with us at all. Some of those people were just meddling. And some of you are still here. Over the last two days, we have had some of the most awesome speakers, diverse, in their own way, and, and, and as it will be uh, this afternoon, God willing, but thus far, both saying, the both speakers that we've had thus far, saying some of the same things. Evangelist Stacy talked about basically how a little is all that is needed when it comes, when it comes to us, because God is so God. And he can do amazing things. He can do amazing things with even a little. That was so relevant to us because I think we all can agree that we are a little group of people as far as numbers go. And, and there's really no shame in that up until now. Up until today, after today, there will be shame if we stay where we are. And the reason that I say that is because uh, Stacy was preaching prophetically when she said that the people inside the church should leave the church and preach the church mentality. Oh, I, I just kind of paraphrased what she said. You, you, you should leave the church and preach the church's mentality. In other words, you should go out and bring them in. And we've got so caught up with everybody wanting to be so liberal and say, you know, you don't necessarily need the building. You can go outside these four. I'm so sick of that conversation. You can go outside these four walls and, 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 and uh, 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 it's, it's 98 degrees and the heat index is 103. And, and you can go on out there if you want to. But the way my 272 is set up, I got about, I got a, I got about a half a mile to walk in me. Amen. Uh, and, and by the time that I get to somebody, I'm just going to ask for some water. Let me just go ahead and be real with you about that. And, and yes, I am the same guy that said we need to get organized and we need to focus and we need to get out. We need to get out into those streets and we need to this, that, and the other and yada, yada, yada. Then they started shooting people. And I fear nothing. Many of you know me and know that I don't, I don't scare easily. You understand what I'm saying to you? Uh, I, might, I used to be scared of judges, but I didn't fear guns. You understand what I'm saying to you? And so, and so, and so but, but I've gotten a little older and, 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 you know, it used to be, they got a pistol out there. Nobody care about no gun. They ain't make them. But, but now they say they got a pistol. They, they, got, they got a pistol. I'm on the other side of it where I'm not as bouted about it as I used to be. Uh, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like, I like, I talk a lot of stuff, but I like Andy Griffin. I like getting, 
home to a warm plate of food, and I, and I know they need to be talked to. <laughs> but she said that we need to leave this building and we need to get out there and we need to, uh, 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 and, and, and I love what she said, and I ain't saying I'm putting you in harm's way at all, but I love what she said. She said it ain't on the pastor to get out there and do it and bring them in the house. It was prophetic because that's what we've been talking about for the last couple of months, really, really strong. Pastor Nick delivered a word last night that was deep to this body of believers because his title said it all. I believe it was something to the effect of looking back but living forward. Looking back but living forward. And if there was ever a statement to be made and received at this very moment right here, it is that we need to look back yet move forward. And, and in fact, I would have I, I, I would and already have, while looking back, took some important notes at what I seen behind me, shook my head, and then began to live forward. Amen? I shake my head while looking back because, in all honesty, I can't believe us. If I'm just being 100 with you, I shake my head because I can't believe us. How I can't believe how, on a whole, how we've acted, how we've tripped how we've dropped the ball as a church over and over and over again. I, I, shake, I shake my head at that. But then I shake my head in awe while looking back because as bad as we have done church for the last seven years, and it's been bad, it is quite evident that God's hand is still upon us. I shake my head in awe thinking about uh, 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 the many ways God kept us despite us. In fact, Ray and I were on the phone for two and a half hours a couple of days ago, and he said something that was powerful. He says, man, when I think about it all, it, it could have only been God because ain't no way we still supposed to be here. There's no way that we are still supposed to be here. It could have only been God. So, so, so when I look back, I shake my head, not just at how bad we've been, but more so at how good he's been, how good God has been, how he has kept us despite us. Amen? And, 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 and it's okay. It's okay. I, I believe in this. A just man falls seven times when he gets back up again. And so, and so we, we, we mess up. We mess up. We mess up. You understand what I'm saying to you? And so, and so, and so, and then I'm, I'm living forward and, 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 and I am putting those last seven years behind me so I can, so we can, as the Apostle Paul said, and reaching forth unto those things uh, which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. I ain't gonna keep tripping on spilt milk. I encourage you not to keep tripping on spilt milk, not just in as far as where the ministry is concerned, but don't keep on tripping on the spilt milk of your life. You understand? Satan would love you. He would love to continue to keep you uh, mindful of how you messed up, mindful of how you dropped the ball. Because as long as he can keep you mindful of how you dropped the ball, watch this, you will lose confidence in ever being able to be better than what it was you were. I, I can't front Unity Worship Center. It has been a hard seven years for me and my family. And let me just be uh, bold enough to suggest that if you really, really cared anything about this ministry, then it's been a hard seven years for you and your family as well. 
But, but today, and, and let me say this, man, he, they just came the last two days and they was preaching and we were shouting and, and they get to do that. That's why we bring them in. We get to bring, we bring them in so that they can encourage you and they can, and, 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 and with the truth and, and, and they can hype you with the truth. You understand? See, see people like, you, you shouldn't get hyped. Yes, you can. You can be hyped when it's the truth. You can be encouraged when it's the truth. You can be happy when it's the truth. So, so we bring them in so that you can be all of that with the truth. But my job is, is to tell you the truth that don't get you so hype, but yet gets you focused. Understand what I'm saying? I don't want anything to be taken away from Stacy and Nick. They were awesome. Everything that they said was the truth, and it was necessary. But as the pastor, my job is to make sure that you get Brussels sprouts sometimes and not always pizza. Pizza good, but Brussels sprouts is good for you. You, you understand what I'm saying to you? And so, and so, and so uh, today is not about beating the sheep nor is it about dogging people or making them feel bad for what it was that they did or did not do. No, in fact, today is about celebrating our God who seemed fit to keep us when we were not fit enough to keep ourselves. And even though this is a celebration service and weekend, my celebration sermon has to be a bit different because I guard the house. Because of where God has set me in this house, I am tasked with saying what needs to be saying, needs to be said, despite whatever day it is. Seven years, by biblical definition, means the year of perfection or the year of completion. And I am just believing God that we, uh, what we have went through, what we just went through is seven years of immaturity. Seven years of the lack of commitment seven years of disrespect, the seven years of playing church, the seven years of some of the hardest training our of, of our ministry and personal lives. And let me tell you something, I have been to prison, I have been to jails, I have been to jails that they call the octagon. Uh, at one time, one of the jails that I was housed in was the number fourth, fourth worst jail in America. And I want you to know with all of that, seven years, these, 11, these last seven years in the church has been some of the roughest training of my life. I thought prison trained me. I thought guards trained me. I thought food that I can't, I can't put a name to trained me. But then I came to church. And, and I say, and I say, and I just want to, I just want to get everybody focused in here because, you know, a lot of chatter gets me thrown off. You understand what I'm saying to you? And so, and so I say ministry and personal lives because the two are intertwined. I want you to understand that, that, that how you operate ministerially, if that's a word it is now, uh, 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 how you operate in, in your, with your church, with your ministry, is probably how you operate in your life. The two, if you real about them, are intertwined. And many of you have not ever thought about this, but the way you operate in your ministry, uh, your church, is exactly the same way you operate in your personal life. And, and I didn't think like that at first because at first I felt like many of our members, uh, uh, and so I know you remember when we said we don't call them members, we call them what? But then the Holy Ghost said, no, they're members. We have a member church at this point in time. And so I didn't think like that at first, but then, but, but then I, because I felt like many of our members would dog the church but live good when it came to their personal lives. I'm on Facebook watching everybody ball out of control while the church is suffering. 
doing everything that they wanted to do outside of the church while neglecting to love the church properly. But then the Holy Spirit showed me something. He said, when they neglect the house of the Lord, they neglect themselves. Lord, have mercy. And, and that hit me like a ton of bricks because neglecting God and his house is basically neglecting yourself. Because when you neglect God, you don't have God. And when you don't have God, oh, Lord, have mercy. How's that usually turn out for you? How's the relationship for real without God? How's the money for real without God? How's the job for real without God? How has your decision-making been for real without God? God. When you neglect God and his house, you neglect yourself. And yeah, I know there's some in here that will say, just because I neglected unity don't mean I neglected God. And my response would be to those of unity who say that is, I watched your life. I watched your life. God was nowhere in it. And just because you said some five-minute prayer begging God to get you out of what you done got yourself into was not having a relationship with God, that was five minutes of begging God to get you out of what you got yourself into. Let's just put this where it was. Amen? Now, 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 again, I want you to understand that my celebration message will be somewhat different of the other two speakers thus far because I guard the house. And as God was giving me this message this morning, the Holy Spirit, as the Bible said, uh, he, would brought, he brought something back to my remembrance as he said he would. He brought something back to my remembrance. Do you remember when your parents got the job and they got excited? Let, let's take it deeper. Do you remember when you finally got the job and, 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 and you got excited because, because you had bills, amen, that needed to be paid? You, you, you was now getting to be able to take care of your family a little better, amen? Uh, 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 might, might be able to get a car after a few checks or, or, or get a car or get the car fixed. Post it on Facebook. I got the job. 332 likes because people like you, they were so happy that you got the job. You was happy. They was happy. And you was happy because the job meant that you were going to be able to set some things straight in your life. Well, I come to tell you this morning or this afternoon that as an anniversary gift, God has given us a job. An anniversary gift that is a job. God has given us employment. And if I'm being all the way real in here, we have had the job for the last seven years. We just didn't produce well. We've had the job for the last seven years. We just didn't produce well. We, we watch this. We have not met the kingdom company's expectations. And though we should be fired, he has called me into his office. He, he called me into his office and told me, let the people at Unity know that even though they should be fired because they show up late, sometimes they don't show up at all. We don't sew into the company properly. And the employees that are recommended uh, to the company have no desire for advancement either. In other words, they sent people to work for the company that was going to be as bad as them. He says, he says that we come, he come to work, not to work, but rather to get a check. In other words, for the church, we don't come to church for Jesus. We make our way to the church because we need something and our motives are not pure. But, but God told me to tell you this morning, uh, uh, to tell the Unity Worship Center this morning, that instead of firing us like we deserve, he's putting, on, he's putting us on a probationary period. Lord, have mercy. And he told me to tell you uh, uh, through our focal verse, uh, first, uh, Second Chronicles 7 and 14, if my people who are called by my name 
will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sin and heal their land. I, I hope you understand, I hope you understand what I'm saying to you because it is critical to this very existence, uh, uh, to the very existence, not just of the Unity Worship Center, but it is critical for the very existence of your lives. Don't you think for one second that you can walk away from unity guilty of some of the reasons it didn't make it and think God won't have some consequences with your name on it? Don't you think you're going to get away? And, and I'm going to tell you something. As I look across this building today, a lot of you are divinely, divinely connected to this ministry. Divinely connected to this ministry. So, truth be told, some of you don't like this ministry, but you know you can't go nowhere else. <laughs> it don't work right. Some of you done cheated, done, done had affairs on unity, amen? Done had affairs on, yeah, yeah, I heard about it, you know, sitting over, and then you done came on home. And that's all right. We kept a light on for you. We kept, you understand what I'm saying to you? Divinely, divinely connected to this ministry. So that means that if you are divinely connected to this ministry, then you have responsibility to this ministry. And don't you think, don't you think that if you walk away don't you think if you just say, you know what, I'm done with it. I'm, you was done with it before you left. I, I, heard, I heard that was said yesterday. Bless my heart. Somebody, somebody got like, well, he got checked. I thought it was, a, I thought it was funny. I said, I'm leaving. You've been wanting to leave. Peace. See, when you've been wanting to leave, you ain't been here no way. You understand what I'm saying to you? And, and even the work that you do comes with issue because your heart ain't in it. Even the giving that you give. You know, it, 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 ain't, it don't have all the worth that it should have because your heart ain't in it. You understand what I'm saying to you? And so, and so, and so, don't you think that you just get to walk away without consequence? And I want you to understand, baby, that's not to scare you, that's to ready you. That's not to scare you, that is to ready you. One time I was on probation, I'll tell you a little story. One time I was on probation and I had, I had I, you know, I already been to prison and, and, and uh, for some things in my past. So, so I knew what prison was about. I knew I didn't like it, but yet, you know, uh, and, and, and they had me reporting once a month. And, and, and one time they, they blessed me and they, they gave me, they said, right, they said, uh, you ain't got to come back but every three months. Now I want to say something real quick. I knew I, I had, did you hear what I said? I, I had been to prison a couple times. I knew I didn't like it, but I kept on doing stuff <laughs> that would, you know, put me in the position to keep going to prison. And, and, and you know, and what church used to blow my mind was people would shake their head at my folly. I just can't believe he keep on. You, was, you didn't do that when you were spending my money. You, you, could, you could believe it then. But isn't it, isn't it funny that after you get caught, after you have the fall, everybody want to all of a sudden, now everybody's righteous. When you going to learn? When you going to stop? When you going to, well, when you going to stop spending the money every time I come up with it? So, 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 so just as people will say to you, I can't believe that, that he just kept on getting in trouble. Have, let's talk about this spiritually for a minute. How many of you have fallen victim to your own sin? More than once. Well, couldn't the question or couldn't the statement be made? I can't believe they keep on falling victim to sin. They keep on purposely walking into sin, though they know how it's going to play out. Oh, I digress. All right. So I'm on probation, and, and, and my PO says, probation officer, my PO says, you've been doing well. 
I'm gonna push you three, every three months. Now, now, once you get this, this was progress. This was a way of them saying that I was handling my business in a positive way as far as they knew. And the first thing my silly self does, I get out of the office and I crip walk to my car, call my people and say, boy, I can smoke. Actually, I didn't even, let me, let me, let me tell you street terminology. For felons who know something about jail and prison and probation, I'm going to teach you this for free. You don't even have to say that you've been moved up every three months. I mean, you, you, you can smoke. All you can say is, bro, my PO just moved me to every three months. And they'll say, let's smoke. <laughs> I smoked and I had a plan because I had read that it only takes a month to get the weed out of your system. So my plan <laughs> was that for a month and a half, I'm going to blaze. And I'm going to use the next month and a half, stay with me, this is going to turn spiritual. I know some of you think I'm not saved. I'm going to use the next month and a half to clean up. Gallons of water every day, shooting a little basketball, wasn't 272 then, I could run up and down the court. You know, we're going to sweat it out. And then it pushed, and then, and then they had this stuff. What was that stuff that you, the, the so, <laughs> I love my church. So, hey, Sony 7, and then they had this one thing. What was it, Diamutac? What is that? Did you, did you put the, 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 the pills in the water that fizzes up, and you would drink it. Now, it's a cleaning solution. So I would, I would, <laughs> so, 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 so I had a plan. Well, one day, my PO calls me and says, two months early, and says, I need you in tomorrow. The Lord stands in heaven as my witness. So I go to Kroger's, and I get this solution that is made for floors. I put it in the water, and I drink it, right? I drink, I'll never forget this Taste Creek, uh, Taste Creek Kroger's, and I drink it. And I had to go back into the store to grab something that I had forgotten. And I got to about hour seven. And there was a child with her mother there. And I had never drank this stuff before. And it came out green and blue. Blue. It came out blue. And I'll never forget this child screaming. She said, ah, it's a monster. <laughs> How many of you have sinned? Knowingly, knowing you sinning, and on the cusp of getting jammed up, you do some of the craziest things to get away from it. So I, I want to tell you what happened. <laughs> so, 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 he calls me into the office, and I fail the test. And and he begins to any after all, Lord, how much had to preach anyway? After all that. I still got to deal with the consequence. I promise you that no matter how you play it off, no matter how you think it's gone, no matter how you think ain't nobody see it, there will always be a consequence, even if it's just a scar in your mind, a scar on your heart that just, just reminds you every now and again where you were. He says to me, he says, you know, and I'm dreading prison, so he's saying, you know, this is, I'm getting ready to have to send you back. I can't believe that, you know, we, you was just doing so well, and yada, yada, yada. And, 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 and he says, but I'm going to give you one more chance. 
He says, he says, I'm gonna give you one more chance. He says, in fact, you're gonna make 90 days and 90, me 90 meetings and 90 days. Who knows something about that? The 90 days, oh Lord, I hated that. And, and, and yes, when you got to go sign, get the paper signed that you, you understand what I'm saying to you? And then he said, he said, you're going back to reporting every month. And then he gave me a bevy of other things that I had to do that was going to take up my time, but keep me time accountable. You understand what I'm saying to you? The dread of going back to prison was so real for me that I never smoked weed again for that probationary period, but not even for years afterwards, because not only was I afraid of the consequence, I did not appreciate the position my decision-making had put me in. Yeah. Cece, may I suggest to some of you, that's how our thinking should be towards sin, foul living, and bad decision-making. If God gives you another chance to get it right, if he is loving enough to grant you a probationary period, then our mindset should be like, I bet I don't mess up again on purpose. I bet I don't let me, uh, nobody play me into foolishness. I bet I don't spit on God's forgiveness ever again. I bet I don't, I bet I will repent and let my life bring God glory. I bet I don't I bet I don't lose my relationship with God. That, 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 that should be the mentality. If he gives you another chance, I bet I don't lose my relationship with God. I have lost people that I love dearly, but I'm here to tell you that there is nothing more painful than losing separation or, or having to deal with separation from God. I have preached my guts out in this very pulpit. You understand what I'm saying to you? The anointing on my life, my God, crazy things flowing from this pulpit to walk out as soon as I was done, not to hit that step and the presence be gone. Depression sinking in, low self-esteem setting in, second-guessing my every decision, not trusting myself with anything that's precious. You understand what I'm saying to you? There is nothing like being separated from the love of God. And let me tell you this. Let me just go ahead and put you up on it. God don't never leave you. He promised that he never would. He, he promised that he never would leave you. So, so, so when the separation happens, it happens because you've walked away. I've walked, we've walked away. I like how 2 Chronicles 7 and 14 uh, says this in the Amplified Version. It says, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek, crave, require as a necessity my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear them from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Lord, have mercy. Did you see the difference in, in wordplay right there? He said, and my people who are called by my name humble themselves and pray and seek, crave, require as a necessity my face. Listen to me, Unity Worship Center. We, we, we got some things to do. Uh, there, there has to be a humbling this is the time right now, since, since I got the email from Glory, that he's putting us on a probationary period. And I want you to say, I don't come and just say things to get you excited because I don't play with God like that. There is a probationary period that we are, 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 are experiencing right now. And, and it's so important uh, that there, there has to be a humbling. This is a time and a place where we say, you know what, God, I've been tripping and, and, and what I chose over you has not been my best choice, and I seek your forgiveness. See, see, see sometimes, sometimes you just got to say, yeah, I messed up. Any, any, anybody ever try to pray to God uh, and ask forgiveness without admitting that you messed up? 
and, and it's not because, eh, some of it's because of arrogance. Sometimes, it's, sometimes there's some arrogance involved. But, but the reality is, I don't know about nobody else, but for me what it was was I didn't really want to talk to my Lord about what I'd done. I didn't want to talk to him about what I had been through. I didn't, I didn't want to talk to him about what I had put other people through. I didn't want to talk to him as if he didn't see it. And so, so let me just tell you this. Yesterday, yesterday I went outside. I was starving. I, was, I said, we're going to get some breakfast. I'm so hungry, I'm going to cook. And, and, and Lord, help me. And, 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 and so I make my way out to the car, and, and, and I'm like, I tell my wife, I'm like, if you come in, you better come on, because she wants to go, because she, she knows I'm going to buy a lot of stuff I shouldn't. And, 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 and we get in the car, and the car don't start. Call Kim, she comes over, we jump the car after a while, go to the Walmart, because I am starving times three. I am starving times three, go get the food, get out of the Walmart, get to the car, it is hot. Do you hear me? It is, I'm trying, it is a new sun going on. I don't know what's going on out here. And, and I get to the car, and, and, and I said this, I said this jokingly, arrogantly, I said, <laughs> I said, yeah, I, I parked so in case the car don't start, we can get a jump from the front, you know. <laughs> and, she, and she said, that was smart. I said, I'm a smart guy. Got in the car, and the car didn't start. And I'm not built like most people. I can't, as, as, as much as I can talk in front of hundreds or however many people that may walk into a place, I cannot stop anybody and ask for anything. I, <laughs> and, so, and so it's hot. I'm sweating profusely. I'm hungry, and I got this one over here talking about, won't you just ask somebody? I said, I did. Kevin's on the way. We're in Hamburg. He's, <laughs> he's coming from deep in Creek. And we're sitting there, and cars are passing by. Work utility trucks. People who look nice, and I'm like this. I wish she would. <laughs> and every blue moon, I just step on the brake and push the button, and, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, brother, I lost it. I said, you know what? I've been upset since my cousin died, and I am tired of you. If you don't want me, just let me know. I don't beg nobody to be down. And this is how mad I was. I said, not even you. <laughs> yeah, 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 upset. You hear me? I'm talking about, I said a few other, you ain't got to worry about me no more. You know what? I think I'm going back to the street. I'm sick of this. I, every time I turn around, anybody ever have that conversation? Every time I turn around, it's something showing me that I ain't supposed to be here. Maybe, maybe Grace ran out when it came to me. You know, I'm just sick of it all. I know, I know, I know y'all don't want to hear that your pastor talks like that sometimes, or he thinks like that sometimes, but I'm just not the perfect pastor. I need you to understand I'm a whole human. You understand what I'm saying to you? And every now and again, I get in my feelings, and, and, and it gets real, and, 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 so, and so then I called I call my, my true Bonnie to the cloud. I called my mama, because I knew. I said, you know what, mama, I'm done. I'm done with this. He don't want me no way. Cheryl got real. You hear me? She said, I bet you better not. I'm not going to make you bond. I'm not going <laughs> to. 51 years old, she tell me, I'm not going to make you bond. You know, you know what I'm saying? And she said, she said this, I'm going to tell you what your grandmother told your uncle. You walk in that pool pit, you better not walk out. 
And if you're able to walk out, you was never called to it in the first place. Tore me up. You understand what I'm saying to you? I'd like to tell you that that checked me. It didn't. I told my mother. <laughs> after we hung up. <laughs> I ain't hearing this. I ain't hearing this. She said something that was powerful, though, before she hung up the phone. She said, God don't mind you're mad. He's big enough to handle you're mad. But make sure you don't stay mad long. You understand what I'm saying to you? Got to the house. It was 610. I'm sitting. I'll get there when I get there. I'm done with this. I tried to cancel the service, everything. Walked into this church, and this man preached a word that while it was for the church, it was for me. And when he got to the look back part, God's like, look, look how many times I done delivered you. Look at how many times I done brought you through. Boy, I just brought you through last week. I just brought you through last month. Literally just brought you through last week. Literally just brought you through last month. How dare you say, you understand what I'm saying to you? And all I could do was sit back and just be like, So I go to work on the sermon this morning, and I walk in my cave, because I, I, I have a way that I do things, and I walk in my cave, and my prayer spot is right there, and I'm, I'm like, let me get my coffee. And I'm looking at the prayer spot, because he's waiting on me, you hear me? Because I ain't said nothing last night, even though, even though you know, he showed up for me, I'm still, you know, and now, now I ain't tough, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed. And, and, and a little scared. And a little scared. And, so, and, so, and so, so I do everything that's supposed to be done, and then the prayer space just starts, it seems like it's just talking to me. You know, you got to come see me. You might as well get on down here. Come on. And, 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 and I had a whole list of stuff I was going to say yesterday in prayer today, but when I got in prayer today, all I could say was, I'm sorry. I am sorry. So, so, so I want you to understand, I'm not saying go out and be a mess, because all you got to say is you're sorry. It don't work like that. But don't keep on holding yourself back from where you could be in God, because you don't think he will accept your apology. You, 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 see, one of the freest things, I, uh, I was in prison, and I told my grandmother, I said, I told God, I told God. And she said, baby, you better be careful about how you talk to God. I said, Gigi, he already know. I said, that's the freedom. See, some people say, you better not say that to God. No, no, no. Why, why would you not say what he already knows? Now you're a hypocrite. You, you better have some, some, some repentance behind it. And I ain't saying you out here cussing God out or nothing like that. I'm just saying when you are frustrated, when you are down and out, when you, when you are sick of how it's going, and, and we foolishly have been deceived that, that, that it's got something that with God don't love us, because that's really what it is, right? It's pain. Because, because everybody else has let you down. And then when you see things just happening to you from the left, from the right, and all around you, you begin to equate that God is just letting you down. He don't even love me either. And so you respond to God like you respond to people. You mistakenly respond to God as you respond to people. And some of those people that you have responded to in that manner, they still ain't speaking to you. But God, in his faithfulness, he accepts your he accepts your apology. See, see, God understands, Lord, how much I didn't even have this. He understands that because of what you've been through, what you chose, 
What he demands won't always be easy. Wouldn't he be unjust if he didn't understand that, if he didn't take that into consideration, that, that you were conditioned by sin, you loved every bit of it, it made you feel some type of way, and then all of a sudden, you, you have a revelation, the Lord touches your heart, he gets into your life, and then all of a sudden he says, but you can't do that no more. Did, did you really think that God thought, because he said, you can't do that no more, that you would never do that? And, and, and some of you got a testimony that says, when God said, I can't, I never did, and I bless God for you. But that ain't everybody's walk. That ain't everybody's situation. See, see, because I've learned that the depths of my depravity is far deeper than most people that I know around me. You understand what I'm saying to you? That's why I don't share. That's why I don't kick it. That's why I don't call nobody. When I, because I understand that everybody can, not many people, in fact, I don't know nobody that can contain what it is that I'm about to pour. Not and keep the same mindset about me. Because, because in, in leadership, in pastoral leadership, or in church leadership, you, you, people put a cape on you, baby. And you ain't supposed to mess up. And they, they put you where Jesus should be. And so, and so, and so, and so when, 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 when the human fails, when the human falls, you understand what I'm saying to you? You begin to act like God failed. So he says this, he says this, I promise I'm almost done. He says, he says, he says, uh, uh, I want you to seek my face. And many of you become perplexed at this request because, excuse me, how do I seek your face? How do I seek his face when I can't see his face? How do I seek his face when I can't see his face? I want you to understand the Hebrew word for face in the Old Testament is oftentimes translated to mean presence. When we seek the face of God, we are seeking his presence. The, the, the call, the call to seek God's face, it was first issued to his people because they had abandoned him and, and needed to return to him. Note, note this, I want you to show, I want you to peep what I just said, my play on words here. They had abandoned him and they needed him but he called them. Did you hear that? We had abandoned him, and we needed him, but he called us. And, and, and some of you think, you know, it was crazy, and so I just got myself back to church. No, 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 it was crazy, and somebody spoke to you in a department store. It was crazy, and you rode down the street, and you read a billboard that had never been, and you've been riding down that street all the years of your life, and that billboard has never been there, but it had something with a spiritual tone that reminded you that God was still God. You, you, you was in the most craziest hell of your life, and you stopped at a stoplight, and there was a bumper sticker that said, that, said, that, that, that quoted the first, the, your favorite verse, and, 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 and you knew that God, and you knew that in the middle of all that you were going through, you needed to get back home. You needed to get back to the church. You needed to get back to his presence. We abandoned him. We needed him. Yet he called us. Oh, God. Is he a good, good father? 
I ain't got time to be worried about your pride. I ain't got time to be worried about, you know, uh, uh, your, your shame. I ain't got time to be worried about what people going to say to you when they, you know, and, and all of that when you decide to come back. Let me call you if you are called by my name. I want you to get this. To call to seek God's face was because, the call to seek his face was because we needed him. You ever been so messed up that you didn't know that you needed him? Uh, uh, we, we were talking today, this morning, about something, and she, and she said, about someone, and she said, they don't know God. I said, the scariest part is when you don't know God and you don't know that you don't know God. And you're operating as you know God. So, so, so a person's face reveals much about their character and personality. We see the inward emotions of a person expressed outwardly on their face. We recognize a person by looking at his or her face. In a sense, one's face represents that whole person. It is in his presence. So in other words, I can say something to Kevin, and the way that Kevin structures his face, I know what's on his heart. I don't need to know you for no long amount of time. I ain't got to be prophetic. I can just watch your face and be careful about them prophet liars that because you made a face, they, they can call out the rest of it. Know your face. They said something, you made a face. They kept beating down on it. Finally, you crying, and you felt like it was the Lord. No, it was your emotions that gave way to the prophet liar. He saw your emotions when he said certain things, and then he just beat up on it. That's what I call pimping. It, it, it's in his presence that we find out. And so, and so we got to get in his presence because it's in his presence that we find out where we really are with God. What we need to get right with God, what we need to get right within ourselves. And it's in his presence where the healing begins. The healing where it's, the healing is finished. And then ultimately where we're put back to work. See, isn't that amazing? That, that, that's something that you really want to take home today. It's in his presence is where the healing begins and where the healing finishes. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Every hell that I've been through, every heartbreak that I've uh, and, and, and cured, every, every issue that I've had to go through, you mean to tell me the, heal, the healing is in his presence. It ain't on Oprah. There's, there's not a three steps to get back in the presence of God. That's all lies from the pits of hell. I want you to understand something. The healing begins in his presence, and you will always be destitute. You will always be unwhole. Is that a word? It is now. You will always not be where you're supposed to be out of his presence. And that's why the enemy fights you to get back to his presence. Because he understands that if you get back to his presence, God's presence, you get to the healing, the healing completes, and then you come back to tear his kingdom down. So some of you are trying to figure out, why is it that I've been saying all week long, I'm going to go to church, and then I, it's Saturday night, you know, and I'm going to sleep, and I'm going to church, and then Sunday morning, everything that can happen does, or I just get this attitude that I'm just not going. It's because he is fighting you so that you don't make it back to his presence. See, because it's in his presence that you find out that you are not what you've done. Let that sink in. You are not what you've done. You understand what I'm saying to you? you? You begin to understand in his presence that you are far better than what you've put yourself through. 
what you've allowed other people to put you through. And Satan doesn't want you to understand that you're better. He wants you to keep thinking that you might as well just give up because you can't seem to get it right. And we go for it constantly. Because to be honest with you, it's easier to lay there than to get up and get some fight about yourself. Anybody ever been knocked down? I mean, physically just knocked down. Somebody just, they just gave it to you. The hardest thing in the world was to get up. And it wasn't necessarily because the blow was so powerful. It was more so because you didn't want to get hit again. That's how it is in the spiritual. The blow ain't necessarily so powerful. It's just that you might have to take another blow. And you know that you can't stand another blow. So it's easier just to stay down. May I suggest to you in closing that until you get to a place in your walk with God, that God, that you want God more than anything, no thing in your life, no thing that you have in your life will ever produce at the highest level because you have that thing in the place where only God should be. You understand what I'm saying to you? He says this, he says, he says, if, if he says, I want you to crave me. And, and, and the word crave means to desire something strongly. Cambridge Dictionary says, if you crave something, you want it, you want to have it very much. God wants us to want him. God wants us to, nobody wants to be in a relationship where they're not wanted. God wants us to want him. And not just want him, but he wants us to want him very much. You understand what I'm saying to you? He wants us to seek his face and he wants us, he says, I, I need you to require my face as a necessity. In other words, he, he says in, 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 one, he says in uh, uh, Philippians 4 and 6, he says, he says, uh, uh, he says something powerful be, powerful, be anxious for nothing, but in all, but in everything, uh, in all, make all your prayers and supplications unto the Lord. He says, listen, I, I don't want you to just want me, I want you to need me. He says, he says, I cast all your cares upon me because every care that you got, I got something for it. He wouldn't tell you to cast them on him if he wasn't going to do something with it. He says, I want you to need. You got people that say, yeah, he's just needy. She's needy. I don't want her. Crazy. I just get so tired of needy people. God, God's like, I specialize in needy people. I specialize in needy people. I do great things through needy people, people who know that they need me. And I want you to stop being discouraged when you feel like you need God again. Because when you need God, that's when you're in the best place that you could be. Paul said something to the effect, how do you say it right? He says, uh, in, my, in my weakness, God's strength is perfected. In my weakness, in my neediest times, God's strength is perfected in me. You understand? What I'm, you get to see the best me when I'm the worst me. Lord, have mercy. Unity Worship Center, I want to say this to you. We are in a state, a state of emergency. We're battling for our children, battling on our jobs. We're battling with our health. I mean, if you just sit down and think about it, you got so many wars that you're fighting. Battling people that you love, ain't that hard? When you gotta fight people that you love. You ever had to fight to love somebody? You ever had to fight to love somebody? We are 
We are in a state of emergency. Our government, our community, state of emergency. And there is no elected official that can pull us out of this. It will only be, and it has been left up to, to us through the power of the Holy Ghost. Through the power of the Holy Ghost, God has set us in position to take on every battle that is coming up against us. Do you know why this church is so important? Why y'all so, y'all used to see me throw temper tantrums? I'm sick of y'all. Next church calls, I'm out of here. I know y'all thought, I know what y'all said about me, he bipolar. Then I'm back on the page. I want you to know that I love you so much. <laughs> and I just believe that God is going to. Man, let me tell you something. When I look around this room right now, and I see the makeup of this room right now, would y'all just look around? Just look around. And if any of you know what the other's been through, just say, wow. All of this experience in the room, all of this wisdom in the room, and just don't, let me tell you something, don't think because you ain't operated in wisdom that you ain't got no wisdom. Yeah, you got some wisdom. You wiser than you know. You've just yet to begin to operate in it. But when you sit around and you think about what, just think about what you've been through. Think about your, your failures. There's a book out called My Failures Qualify Me. Shameless plug. Uh, just think about it. <laughs> it's on sale right after service. Uh, but just think about all the failures that you've dealt with and the wisdom that you've gained from it. It's not happen chance that we are together. When you look around this room, and because I know the story of just about everybody in here, the world needs this church. It, 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 the kingdom needs this church to get it in order. Act like we got some home training. Act like we got some sense. Act like we're being taught right. And then, and then, and then the world has need of this church because, because everything that they out there going through, we done touched it. We done touched it. It's like Prego, baby. It's in there. We, we, we can relate to whatever it is that they going through. And isn't it amazing that God took your lowest moment, your craziest time, your most sinful experience, and he's using it as seed. He's using it as seed to shake back folk that now can talk to people that's going through your worst moment back then. Some of you have answers that the streets will never share because a kingdom divided against a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. So in other words, the world ain't gonna help the world. That's why we got so many OGs out there, and yet we still got so many killings going on out there. Because they won't share the truth. They won't share the truth. And here though, we have an agenda, a kingdom agenda. We come to set the captives free. We come to tell people that you, too, still have potential. You, too, still have destiny. 
even though you might be a felon, even though you might have been a prostitute, even though you might have been a stripper, even though you got different baby daddies, even though, you understand what I'm saying to you, even though, even though you used to be a deadbeat dad, no, no matter where you are, we're here to tell them, you, you, you can still live. The world's not seen the best you. And if we can pull this off, if we can pull this off, then what will happen is the ones that come and they begin to get discipled and they begin, and they begin to become people of God, guess what they're going to do? They're going to go back to the part of the streets that they know and bring them in. Happy anniversary. Amen. You've been given a gift. It's called kingdom employment. And we have all, we all got to stand up to the task. I reached out to many of you Friday. I reached out to many of you Friday, and I told you, I said, listen, I need a favor. I need a favor. I don't ask for much, and I really don't, because the one thing that I ask for is usually the same thing. But I need you on your post, if I can have one year. I, when, when I started calling people, I did not even think about it was our anniversary. You ever been married to somebody and you really do love them, but hell been so ferocious that you forget it's your anniversary? That's how it was with me. And then it hit me Friday night. I'm like, yo, I am hitting people up on the anniversary weekend. Seven years on everything I love. I never, I never meant it that way. And I said, I said, I need a favor. I just need the best you. If you give me one year of the best you, Showing up, speaking back on the Facebook page, not just looking at it with nothing to say, because I want you to understand something. When you don't say nothing, you say a lot. You say a lot. Hit the like button. Hit the love button. Say you don't like it. Just say something. Let us know you're breathing. Let us know you're breathing. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, you, we, we, we didn't even spend a whole lot of time on giving because you know I need you to give. You know you need to give. You know, you know that's necessary. But, but I, I, I need you, I just need to know that you love us. I need to know that you're down with us. I need to know that, that, that if I call, I ain't going to have to go through it. I, I need to know that if I call, I ain't going to need to go repent. I need to know, you understand what I'm saying to you? That, 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 that if I call you, I ain't going to never want to call you again. I, I need to know, I just need you for a year. If and, and, and the Lord said this to me, he says, he says, the reason that I want you to call them is because it won't take a year for me to show them why it's so important, why it's critical for them to be faithful to their house. He says, this is what the Lord said, he says, in three months I'm gonna show them what it looks like to be a church that is thriving, not just a church that is surviving. Remember when I told you at the beginning of this that your ministry, the way that you deal with church and your life, your personal life is intertwined. And God says, once you begin to be faithful to this house, I'll be faithful to yours. Many of you are saying, well, I ain't been faithful to the house, and my house has been just fine. Yeah, 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 that's it. It's just been fine. That's all you got. It's fine. I don't want no more fine blessings. Because you know what fine blessings really are? Stuff I was able to come up on on myself. It was just my job. It was just the paycheck. I want to know what it looks like uh, when he said exceedingly and abundantly, more than I was able to think of. I want to know what that's about. I, I want to know, know what exceedingly and abundantly look like. I, I, I want to know what it means to walk every day in the favor of God. 
I want to know, can I, can, I, can, I, can I be real with you? I want to know what it feels like as a pastor to be able to look over, over the church and go, man, I am so proud of them. Man, look at them go. I used to say this at the old church all the time. I said, I'm not saying that Grove Temple is perfect, but I am saying, man, we shall be trying. I lost the, I, I lost the ability to say that here because people stopped trying. Can I be 100 with you? Heck, I stopped trying for a minute. So I get it. I ain't mad at you. But we have such a work to do. We ain't got time to stop trying no more. When they, when they, when, when they did what they did to that boy on this, on this parking lot, it should have been enough for everybody to say, oh yeah, I bet you don't ever do that again. I bet you, you better write to church a letter and repent I, you, and say you sorry. I bet, I bet you, you, you understand what I'm saying to you? It was supposed to change after that. Everybody in this building was supposed to be like, on our grounds? They did that on our grounds? And that was when we should have committed hell. She could have been a war against hell. Everything that rocked with you, we coming for you. Satan, everything that you rode with, we coming for you. We have a very important job to do, Unity Worship Center. And we cannot do it with 10. We cannot do it with 15. We need all of you. This community, this community is relying on us. This city, whether it knows it or not, it's relying on us. You, you know how you know they're relying on us? Because we did all their funerals during the pandemic. They're relying on us. They call and say, we need, we need, we need. And we were there. And now it's time for us to go, now we want your kids. You, you ain't doing the greatest of jobs with them, but we're we going to handle that. Give them here. They're giving them over to gangs. They might as well give them over to the church. You understand what I'm saying to you? Now, 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 now we're going after neighborhoods. Now, this, this is ours. This is, this is ours. Flag planted. Unity. Kingdom of God. Yeah. And it's going to take all of you. It's going to take all of you. You gave me your word. You gave me your word. And with all of you that gave me your word, I am excited because I don't feel like anything can stop us but us. Seven years of hell. Seven years of madness, seven years of crazy, seven years of unsurety, seven years of just not knowing, seven years of might not make it back, seven years of I don't know if I'm going to keep on, seven years, but I want to come, I come to tell you that it was seven years of school, seven years of, 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 of education that you couldn't pay for, seven years to get you ready to take on the next seven years to claim everything back. I need your gifts. I need your gifts. I need, you, I need what God gave you. And let's blow this thing out the water. They need us here. They need to be in here. And that starts with you. That start, we don't have to lose another one on our watch. We don't have to. But that starts with you. Stand to your feet. Let's get you out of here.